Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted with great content, our mom-to-mom ministries aimed at encouraging mothers and motherhood. Our Regarding Him conference, it happens yearly each March, and of course, this podcast and all that comes with it. There is so much good content on these socials that you are not going to want to miss. So join them today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or CastBox. It helps us out, and it also helps you out because you get a notification of each new episode that drops each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted with great content, our mom-to-mom ministries aimed at encouraging mothers and motherhood. Our Regarding Him conference, it happens yearly each March, and of course, this podcast and all that comes with it. There is so much good content on these socials that you are not going to want to miss. So join them today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Google Podcast or Apple Podcast or CastBox. It helps us out, and it also helps you out because you get a notification of each new episode that drops each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas or suggestions or thoughts about any episodes or episode content. Or maybe you just want to tell me about an episode that was encouraging to you. I'd love to hear that too. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, and our goal is to encourage, challenge, and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head right into today's episode. Welcome to our episode today. This is episode number 111. Today's episode is called A Surprising Joy. And we're going to spend some time talking about children. But before I do, I wanted to share something that really made me laugh this week. I ran across an article that was super funny. And sometimes a good laugh is what we all need. And children often bring a good laugh, I have to say. So it's a list and some pictures, actually, of some answers that kids gave on real tests. Now, I thought this was really funny because their answers were funny. So one of the questions, maybe it was a history exam, And the question was, what was ended in 1896? Now, perhaps the answer would have been the Anglo-Zanzibar War, which I don't even know what that is, but I did Google this. Got me. Or um, the presidential election between William McKinley and uh, William Jennings Bryan. But the child wrote a very simple answer, which I loved. The question again was, what ended in 1896? And he said, 1895. (laughs) That's true. 
I loved that simplicity. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yes. Okay, here's another one. Yeah, this one really made me laugh. A child had to name quadrilaterals on the page, like geometry, and they were like colored shapes. And, you know, it's a square, rhombus, parallelogram, rectangle, maybe a diamond. And this particular child named them real names. He named the square Bob. And he named the regular or the rectangle um, Edison. And the rhombus, he named it um, Lily. So wow. I could see a kid doing that. I might have done that myself. Okay, one more because I love these. All right. Um, I really think it's funny. This must have been a science test, and there were some options. Like, they must have been learning about rocks. So there was the choices were metamorphic, igneous, sedimentary. Um, the child circled sedimentary. It must have been correct. But the next question underneath it was, um, what is the strongest force on Earth? Now, I guess I would have thought it was gravity. I'm not sure. You'd think this is probably like a fourth grade science test, and I should know this answer. But um, I looked it up, actually, and it's nuclear force. Okay. Which I didn't know. But anyway, the child wrote down love. Aww. <laughs> and I thought, all right, I love that. I love that this child thinks love is the strongest force. That's great. Um, I love children. I love hanging out with children. And my guest today actually has a few. Yes. Does a few count? Sure. <laughs> I'm really excited to introduce you to my, my friend, Katie Dougherty. Uh, I'm excited about her story and some things she's going to share with us because I think it really fits in really well with our series on contentment. Um, and we've been working through that book, Learning Contentment, and we've been talking about real life things where we are called by God to be content. And I'm guessing you have some practice in this, Katie, from having multiple children. A little bit. Okay. Um, I'm glad to have you on. Tell us a little bit about all your peeps. You know, you have a bunch and who do you live with? And then what do your days look like? All right. Um, well, um, I am, my peeps would start with my husband, Jonathan. Uh, we've been married for 23 years. Um, and in that time, we've had 13 children and one new son-in-law this year. Yay. Yes. It was very exciting. Um, our oldest daughter is Ailey, and she is 22. Uh, then we have Owen, uh, who is our son, and he is 20. Next is Moira, and she's the one that just got married um, to, to Jordan here just uh, back in January. Uh, after Moira is Anya, and she is 17. Then there's Aoife, who is 16, almost 16, a couple weeks. She thinks she should be 16. She's, yes, <laughs> she is uh, gearing up. Uh, she talks about her birthday a lot. Uh, and then there's Neve, who is 14. Then we've got a couple of boys, um, Eamon, who's 12, and Killian, who is 11. And then we've got uh, another little run of girls. <laughs> we have Sinead, who's 9, Iona, 7, Kinvara, 5. And then finally, we've got another small group of boys, which is Reardon, who's 3, and Brecken, who will be 1 here next month. Uh, for us, you know, in many ways, every day is uh, completely different um, and yet also at the same time completely the same. <laughs> uh, we've got people off to work and off to school all over the place. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the times it's just me and the four youngest kids that mm -hmm. are at home uh, most mm -hmm. of the day and we are busy with schooling and depending on the year, gardening or yard sailing, thrift <laughs> stores as much as they can take. Yes. Um, and then, uh, then usually most people are back home uh, for supper every night um, doesn't always happen because some of them of course work over supper time but in general that's uh that's how it is um and we uh you just hit repeat we just yep start over the next day <clears throat> that is really fun and you know what your day sounds a lot like a lot of people you just have a few extra 
people in your day. I think that's pretty true. Yeah, it's a pretty yep. pretty normal routine. Okay, one thing that I think is interesting that um, our listeners won't know because they don't see the actual written names, but you have some really unique names for your kids. And I wish that you could, like, for example, Neve, I would think would be spelled N-E-A-V-E. Okay, that just seems <laughs> right. But how do you spell Neve? It's N-I-A-M-H. Okay. Whoa. That does not follow anything phonetic. No. They are all uh, Gaelic names, so they, um, most of them being Irish. And there is no V in the Irish oh. alphabet. So the M-H makes the V sound. And that's, oh. that's why Neve is spelled the way that it is. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. Um, why did you pick those names? Well, we both have Irish backgrounds, and uh, we just loved them. Okay. And we think they're beautiful names. We Lots of people think that we make them up, but we uh, we don't. They We get lots of um, mocking for the number of vowels in our children's names, but yes. we, uh, we can handle it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, you know what? None of them are super long, though. So it's not, they're not long names necessarily that are unusual. They're just... They're just hard to figure out, right? When you're when, when you're you first read yep. them, when Once you're, when you're looking them, phonetically, it's yeah. it's a challenge. <laughs> I, I do remember looking at Ailey's name again, and I remember thinking, okay, I can remember this. It kind of looks like eyelid, mm-hmm. but I know that's not her name. So no, it's not. But that is what her grandpa called her for the first <laughs> couple months of her life, just just to poke at us. Okay, well, <laughs> grandpas are for that. That's what that's they right. do, right? Um, okay, well, that is awesome. Now you mentioned Efa. Aoife, you said, is getting ready for her birthday. Yeah, she's 15, almost 16. Yeah, almost 16. Um, she is actually the topic of our conversation today. Let's go back 15 years um, and start there. How many children did you have when you were pregnant with Aoife? Right, when, um, when I was pregnant with Aoife, we had um, four kids already that were six and under. That is a busy life. We were, I, yeah, we were busy. Do you feel like you're busier now, or is it the same busy? It's just different. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how you compare... <laughs> It's hard for me to make comparisons. I love it. I love it. Okay, tell me about Aoife. Okay, and how do you spell her name? Because it's not like I think. Sure. It's spelled A-O-I-F-E. Aoife. Aoife. Okay. Yeah. A-O must have the E sound. I'm not I'm not even going to go there and start. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to figure all this out. I, need to go. I can't help you, okay. Julie. You're going to okay. have to look it up all on right. your own. I, well, tell me about her anyway. Sure. All right. Well, Aoife loves people. Um, she loves to sing she reads all the time um she take notes at church every sunday and she shows them to anybody who will look at them Uh and wants to see them and she does have a fair group of people that like to see them um we go to church with uh, almost 600 people and i think she knows all of them yep and they all know her everybody knows her name uh she is uh, a sophomore um, at our local school here, and she's been going there the last three or four years. Um, her two favorite people are her two pastors, and <laughs> she talks about them all the time. Uh, she, in her free time, she likes to listen to recordings of sermons. She just <laughs> does that for kicks. And uh, she karaoke style sings Ooh. along with the YouTube videos um, and recordings of our church band. Oh, I love that. She and I would get along well. She she loves it. She <laughs> goes to town on the back porch sometimes. Uh, when she gets bored, she likes to watch spelling bees. Oh. So, you know, hey. she's 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 a busy girl. Yes. Uh, what, another favorite thing of hers is just copying lists. And she will sit and copy lists for a very long time wow. every day. 
lists of old um, youth group events, van assignments of old youth group oh. events and oh, things that kids she, are supposed to, yep, oh, wow. she loves it. Cool. Um, let's see. She loves babies unless they're crying. She hates that. Okay. <laughs> she, she does not like loud noises unless she's the one making them. Uh, and uh, she also has Down syndrome. Okay. Okay. So you told me a lot of cool information about Aoife. She's a busy girl. Yes. And I love her. She, when I am, I'm subbing often at the school she's in and every single time I see her, even if she is walking in the hallway or if she's in a classroom, like supposed to be <laughs> paying attention, she is like two arms waving really big to me and hi, she says. Yep. So she is extremely friendly. I will she add that to the list. She is very, very friendly. Yes. yes. She really loves people. Okay. But really the reason that we're talking is because she has Down syndrome. So um, did you know she had Down syndrome when you were pregnant? Uh, no. I had no idea um, that that there was anything different or unusual. You know, I my last baby had just been 15 months before Aoife was born. Oh, busy. And she just, it just seemed the same for the yeah. most part, except that um, she moved a little bit differently. And I used to joke with my friend that uh, this baby was going to be born with one arm. Because okay. the movements were just a little bit different from the others, the other as far as I could tell. Had. Yes, but you know, it was most. I was. It was just a joke, as far as you know, between right. my friend and I. Um, so, so yeah, we did, had no idea that that there was okay. um, anything different there. So, help us understand a little bit, because I bet a lot of our listeners are not. I mean, we probably all perhaps know someone who sure. has Down syndrome, but. Give us the background behind it. What does it mean for Aoife? <laughs> well, I got I had I had to think about this when I started thinking about Down syndrome, and I had to look it up. Uh, okay, I'm glad because I would have to look it up I too. Had, I had to look it up, which is sort of silly since I've had someone with Down syndrome <laughs> for 16 years. But still, uh, it is a genetic disorder within the 21st chromosome. Mm. When the cells divide abnormally, extra genetic material is formed. Instead of a pair, a third part is present. So take that as you want, and you can. <laughs> I still don't quite <laughs> you understand. You can look it up yourself if you need to. Um, but basically, um, as far as what it means for her, um, it te- people with Downs uh, tend to have poor muscle tone. Um, they often have heart defects. Sometimes they have intestinal issues, mm. uh, and they generally learn at a slower pace. There okay. are different kinds of Down syndrome, sure. and you know all of that, but. So in general, though, those are mm-hmm. cover her. Yes. Okay, but like this would be a shock. So when you were delivering, since you didn't know prior to delivery, what happened when she was born? How did you react? How did your family react? Um, well, that's kind of a hard question to answer. When she, she was born at home, um, we had a planned home delivery okay. for her. And um, my labor came on very rapidly. And my midwife did not make it. So Jonathan actually delivered her. Wow. And uh, so. Boy, he is really. He, he, he's a jack it, of all trades. I was just going to say, in all kinds of ways. Yes. yes. If so, if anybody needs help. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he actually delivered her. And um, when she was born, she was not breathing. Um, mm. She came very fast. Like I said, um, I was, my labor lasted at most 40 minutes. Wow. Um, from start to, to start to finish. And um, so he ended up, he had to fill her lungs for her the first time um, wow. for her to get her first breath. She, she went three solid minutes before she started breathing after oh my goodness. she was born. Um, 
so she had a you know there was just a lot of surprise and yeah. a lot of movement around her birth yeah. for the two of it's us like an intense yeah it was very very intense time um and he said he told me that he could tell instantly when she was born that she had down syndrome he recognized it immediately really? that was not the case for me i didn't i didn't see it i just noticed her color i mean she was blue yeah and yeah. it that to me was that, that was all I could see right, that, was the color. She was just that her color was. We got to focus on that, right? right. Um, and so he, but he told me that he could see it right away. Um, after the the midwife got there and we we finished with things, she took a long time uh, checking Eva okay. out. After um, she got there, you know, it wasn't. It was probably only ten or fifteen minutes after she was born that she got there, um, but she spent a long time going over checking her vitals, and I had assumed. At the time, I assumed it was because of her, um, her not right. breathing at right. first that this was just making sure, uh, and probably that was played into it. But um, but she was also looking for these Down syndrome markers sure. that there are, um, and so then she you know she went on to say, I think everything is fine. I think this baby is okay. I don't think there's any issues here, but but I'm pretty sure she has Down syndrome, hmm. and I kind of went, what? Yeah. Um, so that was that was a surprise to me because I was like 27, um, oh, and wow. in my mind, oh yeah, old ladies have That's what children I was with Down say. syndrome. Yeah. That was just historically how I thought it was. Now my midwife later told me that that's not really the case. Yeah. Um, but that was that was how I pictured it in my mind. So it was um, it was a surprise. Yeah. Definitely. Oh wow. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you had a lot happening in like those 15 minutes, a lot of things happening, you know, between a, a child who isn't breathing and right. turning blue to, you know, this long, t- your, your wife, not your midwife, not even being there. I mean, that's to start with intense. So um, <clears throat> that is really interesting. And did you see God through all of that? Of course. I mean, you, I don't know how you, how you don't in the fact that, you know, my my parents were in town and they were they had gotten the children like probably less than five minutes from our house mm. when the baby was born uh, when Ifa was born Jonathan almost didn't make it up mm. back up we had lived on the side of a mountain at the time wow. and he had had to take everyone down because my parents couldn't drive down the driveway he had just gotten up within five minutes of her being born wow. so you know I was almost there by myself during this situation mm. and wow. you know her her cord was very short i could hardly even reach her when she was born wow. you know she um her, she couldn't i couldn't even like physically pick pull, her up pull and her put up her onto right. my stomach even because her cord couldn't reach that far wow and i would not have been able i don't think i would have been able to do that um on my own wow and um so obviously so i can definitely see god's hand in bringing the situation so that Jonathan was there, you yep. know, that it wasn't five minutes sooner and right. all of these things. And, and he protected her and he yeah. protected me and Jonathan and the midwife yeah. and all, you know, all yes. of this, yeah. this big situation. Well, I think that's really good to go back and think when you're going through something that's maybe scary or challenging to think, to go back and look through, where did we see God at work? Because he is always at work in our lives, yeah. even in situations that, many would deem as horrific or difficult god right. is there he's he's actively working um now does she need specific therapy like from birth how do you do that like what kinds of things like services does she need sure 
She, um, now she, her only services are, she of course is in a few special ed classes at school. Um, when she was, she was in speech therapy. For, Who she's waving to me like this every time right, I see exactly, her. So, right. <laughs> so is she really there? That's my question. No, she's I'm there. Not always uh, no, participating <laughs> actively maybe, but she's there. I'm just teasing. Um, she was in speech therapy for many years. Oh, okay. I think from about, probably about two years old. Uh, up until like last year she was in speech okay. therapy so she's probably spent like 12 years um, in speech therapy just like once a week for yep. the most part um, but physically she never did any um, any actual therapy except what I did at home with her okay so I didn't take her anywhere um, for therapy but I I did learn you know some things to do to help her okay with her her to be physically stronger yeah and she actually you know I almost wish you could see a picture of her she's a very athletic yeah um girl yeah. um and she she works hard and uses her body hard yeah. and um so I think uh she has she got some good genes there as far <laughs> as uh as far as helping with some of those things that she didn't have to have it yeah you know, it took her longer to learn to walk, of course, okay. than most of my kids. But she was still walking at 17 months. Okay. That's really so not that It's off. not that too, yeah, yeah. not too far. Um, I've known, yeah. I mean, that is not that strange to be just starting to walk. Then. Right. Um, okay. And she has a home full of opportunities to serve and work. Yes. Yes, I mean, she like, does. lots of people to be with, lots of kids to interact with. Yep. Lots of jobs. I'm sure she has lots of jobs. <laughs> she does. She does. Laundry is especially her thing. She is very good at, she washes and dries and folds and put away, you know, separates into everybody's piles. She does nice. those kinds of things all the time. And that is such, those are good skills. I love that she's learning all those things. It is. It's important. And I would too wanted to tell you about her is that she, um, as she's been growing the last, last 16 years, I think one of the most helpful things for her has been her younger siblings. Huh. Because every time that um, one of her younger siblings would hit a milestone, Aoife would take a step forward. Oh. So her milestones were, you know, have gotten to the point where they're behind other, you know, okay. her younger siblings, um, but she would do it. You know, it was after, it was like when, you know, um, Neve started talking, her young, her next, the next sibling yeah. down started talking that Aoife started to talk. Oh, that's she didn't before then, but it, she thought it was so funny that that baby was talking and she wanted to be a part yep. of it. Yep. You know, she would learn to start crawling up the stairs and then Aoife would start crawling up the mm. stairs. But something about those that those younger siblings behind her and her seeing those younger kids doing yeah. things that really propelled her forward. Yeah. That's a different way we look at modeling, but it works. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> like, that's really cool. And what a blessing that you have opened you have decided, hey, we're going to trust God with our number of children and how those younger children are actually helping. Yeah. So if you had had Aoife when you were, like, as one of your last children, it would have been a different spot. God's it would have been different. It's perfect for her it would and have been, family. Yeah, it would have been different. You know, how can you say right. how all the ways that it would be different? Right. I don't know. But I do know that for her in particular that that was a big, uh, yes. a big thing for her yeah that's awesome okay you know one of the things that um you and I talked about before we actually started to record and um I hope I can say this on the podcast is that you really don't like the title special needs no okay so <laughs> let me start by asking you um where where is God in the midst of 
this special needs child concept and why don't you like the name special needs <laughs> and can we still trust God in it because um is he even around through this all right so there's a few questions in there <laughs> I know I, I have more I'll start too. <laughs> with my I'll start with my my issue with the term special needs um we like to I I think the reason that we use the term special needs um is because it makes it easy it's easy okay. to use it as a general term to just cover a wide range of, uh, of difficulties or disabilities or whatever. And so in that sense, I can appreciate it for if, if that's all you're using it for. Okay. My problem with it comes into um, where we have all of these children have special needs. Um, every one of my children has special needs. Okay. Um, Eamon is different from Sinead, who is different from Owen, who is different from Brecken. Uh, they all have needs that are theirs alone. Yeah. And um, and it's they're, they're just different from each other. Uh, we tend to use the term special, I think, as a euphemism. And mm -hmm. we use it as, you know, as a euphemism for, for being hard or difficult. Uh, but we shouldn't. I don't, I don't think we should, um, that we should use it that way. Uh, some of our kids just have needs that are harder to meet than others. Okay. And sometimes that's because of the child. And I think sometimes that's because of us because we also have special, special needs. needs. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yes. So so that's where my issue with, with the term comes in. Um, but I do understand it and, and I do see why we use it and why it can be helpful yeah. when we're trying to talk about a, a particular a particular thing yeah we wouldn't we wouldn't say oh my child has difficult needs so I see why you're saying right that people put that in there but it really means much more than special right it, it, we, it it's funny because we use special um, the term special in other areas to yeah. mean a different kind of thing yes I yes. think often yeah. anyway um, as far as you know where is God in this uh, how can we trust him um, he's the giver of life uh, he doesn't give us children, whether they have our quote unquote special needs or not. Right. Uh, he doesn't give them to us because he hates us or he's trying to punish us. Right. Um, these are really a great blessing. Yeah. Um, there are hard things associated with all kids. Yeah. Um, but we also know anyone who has children knows that. But they also know that there are great joys uh, involved in this. Um, Aoife is a is, she's a blessing to our family. Uh, every day she is a blessing to the people at school. Yep. They love her. They mm -hmm. really love her there. Uh, and, you know, the the five or 600 people at church on a Sunday yes. morning, they love her and she loves them. They know they know her and they know that she loves them. And, and it goes both directions. And my favorite thing is that she sits in the front row, right in front of the pulpit where the pulpit Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And she is worshiping like, with all her heart, all Absolutely. her body also. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we, let's see, try to look at uh, why does he make children a special needs? Yeah. Um, for his own glory. I don't know how to answer it other than that. Hmm. Um, you know, Jesus said that the meek will inherit the earth. I think with with these, these children that we like to label special needs, I think that he's giving us hmm. a little glimpse of, of the glory that is to come in the lives of these children. Um, how do we trust him in this? You know, how, we tr 
it, it that's we trust him in all all of these areas mm-hmm. of our life and we can't try to isolate this out as being um something outside of his reach mm-hmm. he's got the whole world in his hands mm-hmm. and uh these these children are not exempt from that wow katie that was really helpful and there were a lot of reasons why one reason is you did something in when you talked um I did not know what you would answer directly when I first gave you this question, but you flipped your perspective. Your perspective is, we love her, we care for her, she's a blessing to us. It's not, she's not a burden. And I think oftentimes in the world's view, we look at someone who has, and I'm putting air quotes around special needs, as being a burden to society or a burden to a family. But you have shared, she's a blessing to you. And that's actually really cool. And I also love how you reminded us that this is that children in general are a blessing, you know, and we should be grateful to God. This is the same thing we've been talking about every single week that I talk with Erica Simpson on the episodes about contentment. The key to being content is being thankful. Absolutely. And that is what you just did. So absolutely. A plus for you, girl. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, I did want, I do would probably need to say here too, though, that um, Aoife with her Down syndrome, this is a mental disability. It is not, a, it's not a physical disability, generally speaking. Okay. You know, I don't need to change her diaper. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. have to dress her. I don't need to spoon feed her. I don't need to push her around in a chair every sure. day. Some people do. Yeah. And some people do have a harder day-to-day job than I do when it yeah. comes to, um, to the special needs. And that is a real thing. But the blessing doesn't change. Um, these things that are hard for us are almost, well, maybe I can probably say always good for us. Yeah. That doesn't make them easy. Right. right. It doesn't, you can't just switch hard to easy. Um, but that doesn't change the blessing. And there is, uh, something very real in saying, uh, I think that the kingdom of heaven is the essence of the kingdom of heaven is how we care for each other. Mm. And hmm. whether that is easy or hard, it's it's our job. It's what we're supposed to do for one thing, and there is great blessing in it. And I think that you can ask at least uh, any set of Christian parents who do have a child that they are changing the diapers of, and they're spending 40 years changing right. the diapers on, that they will tell you that there has great, been great blessing for them yeah. in that situation. Yeah. So even though I cannot speak directly to that because I have not been in that position sure. myself, I do know that it's true. And I yeah. do know that God loves us and God blesses us for the work that we do and for caring for others. Well, and just like um, sanctification or the process of being made holy, it is not a one-time thing. It is a process. And that is probably some of what happens in the process of being a parent in general. It's Absolutely. all a process. Absolutely. And every day we grow in our faith of God and in our trust of God and in defeating sin and in our confidence in God. You know, every day is different. So I, yeah. I think that's good. A huge part of all parenting, yeah. maybe the biggest part, I don't know, is dying to yourself. Yeah. Um. And remembering that this is not about us. Yeah. This is not, um, it's not about how hard it is for me. It's not about uh, my needs. 
It's about dying to ourself mm-hmm. and putting others first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel like there's so much more we could say on that, but that let's move on to the next question, which is also its own book, if we were going to say. It's not just a chapter, it's its <laughs> yeah, own book. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, what are the biggest struggles of having a special needs child? I'm still putting air quotes around my special needs. Yeah, that's okay. okay. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, this this is a hard thing because we can go a lot of different directions. Yeah. And I probably am going to go a few different directions. Yeah. Uh, one thing that um, a hard thing here, and I I want to, there is um, I would say generally speaking, that the uh, generation or two that came before us, uh, the general habit was to put people with special needs into a home, um, into an asylum or a mental sure. mental institution something along those lines. That was really quite common. Yes, I think that that was just what you did. And I don't I I'm not saying that these were sinful actions that these right. parents did. That's what society right. said was the appropriate thing to do. With our generation um or and maybe the next generation, I think the the habit is has changed. I think it goes two different directions. One is if we know that they have a special needs before they're born, we murder them. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is very common that we think that there is a, there's a possibility that this child might have something wrong with them. And so we abort them Mm. and we murder them so so that we don't have to deal with it. Um, The second thing that we do is um, we tend to uh, make these children into saints we oh. act as though they are sinless. That um, when mm-hmm. they when they bite other kids, we say, "Well, they can't really help it. Um, they mm-hmm. they're just a biter." Uh, you know, if they're screaming in the grocery store, we we excuse it as that's just that's just it's what they normal. do. Yeah. Um, you know, I I met some people not long ago that were telling me that about their six year old that is nonverbal. And how he was just screaming when they were in Walmart. And he just screamed until they picked up this very expensive toy and put it in the cart and took it up front to to buy it. And it had me thinking about how we behave, we often behave as though um, these children cannot help uh, the way that they behave. Mm -hmm. That they are somehow not guilty for the sins that they commit. And we like to um, try to make them innocent. Mm. And I think it's important for us to to say here and to think about the fact that that's not the case. Right. These um, children that are born with special needs are not, um, they're not sinless. Right. And the way that they behave is our responsibility as parents. And I think that's, I, I say that to get to the hard thing is training our children to obey right which is true for any parent which is true for any parent that's the hardest part is yeah. teaching them to obey um and sometimes it's harder when you're talking about someone with special needs but the biggest thing i think to remember with that is that you know we tend to get you know embarrassed if they're screaming in the grocery store or biting someone or we're out and they're you know I don't know, behave, just behaving in a, what we would consider badly. We get embarrassed about that. Right. 
but we are embarrassed about that because we are not taking care of it at home where right. it doesn't embarrass us. Which is true for every parent. Which is true <laughs> for every parent, which takes us back to, to we all have the special needs. Yeah. Um, and so the hardest thing is the same as with all kids, is the, the training to be obedient, uh, the training to care for other people, um, and the the biggest difficulty with it, I think, is usually ourselves because we <laughs> tend to excuse bad behavior. Yeah. You know, oh, well, she can't help it. She has Down syndrome. She doesn't understand. Um, well, this child, well, his grandma gave him sugar yesterday, so he can't right. behave today. They're tired. Because, yes, they're tired. Right. And we make these excuses for our children instead of dealing with sin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I noticed this with me um, like three weeks ago. I had a Sunday school teacher approach me telling me that my three-year-old was not obeying in Sunday school. And my immediate response was, well, he gets, you know, heavy-handed because he's used to playing with his older brothers. Mm. And sure, what I said was true. He does do that. He's used to wrestling with a 12-year-old. But that doesn't make it okay for him to wrestle with a three-year-old in Sunday school. And so I am also guilty of this, and I'm certainly not – trying to say that I have I've got this down um, because I don't <laughs> none of us do I don't but yeah. but it is I think very important to remember um, that this is our job and it is our responsibility to teach our yeah. children regardless of uh, what they understand or um, what their needs are is to teach them the correct way to behave around other people yeah that's awesome that is that is a, a hard struggle of any parent, regardless of whether they are quote unquote special needs. Right. It's just the way it is. Yep. Um, there are I'd say also to, to continue on though, that there are the things about the thing about children in general is I think that they show us our selfishness. Mm. Um, they put it so clearly in our face. Um and going back to what we have to do is is the dying to ourselves. Yeah. And that's that's what parenting is all about. Yes, it is. It is over and over, it's the dying to ourselves. And the more that we are living for ourselves, the harder it is to have any child or take care of any child or train any child. Um, I think the world the world tells us that we need to take care, better care of ourselves, uh, that we need to get lots of me time. Right, right. But that's not what God says. Right. Um, We are told over and over again to give ourselves up for other people. And, you know, I can't be a good servant if I am only thinking about my needs and what what I need and what I want. Mm, Wow. Okay, so Katie, you gave us some really good information for really any parent. I mean, I can apply what you said. What about, though, some of the stuff that comes as your kids grow up? Um, they can be really a challenge or a struggle as they grow and their bodies change and all those kind of things. What do you do with that for Aoife? Sure. Um, it is hard. Um, when you have a child uh, that starts getting older uh, and you have to start dealing with things like puberty and periods, um, them wanting boyfriends or girlfriends, it, it gets extra hard. It's real. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a 16 year old that thinks that they're going to start driving oh, because right. that's what everybody else did when they turned 16. Uh, you know, those are those are hard things when that's not the case. Yep. 
Um, but our job as parents is to meet our kids where they are and to lead them in the right way. You know, for, you know, if we're going to get down and dirty here, for Aoife, that meant, you know, when she started with her period, I had to help her. Mm-hmm. I had to very physically teach her how to care for herself. Yep. She was going to be, she was going to be gone at school and she's going to have to take care of herself every day. Right. And so we had to, you know, we kind of came up with our own little secret language yeah. um, to for her to go make sure that everything was in place, yeah. that she was taking care of herself, um, that she was not bleeding through anywhere. Right, I mean, right. this we is can, the real we can stuff. Get, this is real. Um, she had to learn it, and it was hard. And it wasn't like with my other girls where I could just say, "Well, you just." You know, here's, what you here's, here's right. your, here's your material. You can figure it out. She needed me to show her and yeah. she needed me to show her how to change it later. And it gets down and dirty and gross. And, but that's, but it was my job as her yeah. mom to meet her there. Yeah. She needed, I couldn't just hand her a package of pads and say, go take care of it. Right. She needed me to meet her where she was right. because, you know, her, her, you know, they, they say with Down syndrome that your mental age is about half of your physical age. Oh, And so, okay. you know, she started her period when she was 12. Okay. So you put that at a, her, a mental age of six. Yep. She doesn't know what to do with that. She yep. doesn't understand. Yep. That's right. So um, with things like that, that's, it's just, it's real and it's, it is hard, but it's our job to meet them where they are. Yeah. Um, that means that though, that there's not a recipe, there's not a formula that we have to use wisdom in how we address these issues. Obviously, this is the case with all of our children. Yes. And but it, it it's going to look different with each of them. So my daughter, you know, with you know, going back to, you know, starting her cycles is not going to be the same as your daughter or yeah. as someone else with another situation. But it's all going to look different. But our job is to meet them where they are yeah. and to meet those needs, whether they are easy needs or hard needs. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. And that makes me think of all the way back at the very beginning of the episode, I, I shared those goofy little stories mm-hmm. of kids and one of them, what's the strongest force? Right. And it's love. And he's they not. They might have had it right. He's not wrong. Yeah. And that's actually the reason that you are willing to get into the down and dirty stuff. With it is. Her or whatever that's not it's not a burden to do that does it feel a little bit weird sure it does I mean physically it makes you feel a little bit weird but I was happy to do that for Aoife that's what she needed and as her mom I'm happy to do what she needs me to do for her and I think that anyone in a similar situation is really feels the same once you get over yourself and your um uncomfortableness with the situation you're happy to help your children. Yeah. And it is. The strongest force is love. But it's the love of Christ. It is. Yeah. It's, And we can't do these things without his love in mm-hmm. us. Because we won't die to ourselves. No. Because that is not our nature. No, it is not. Okay. Um, you know what? We've I mentioned this before, but we've been discussing contentment um, on reading through a book. And we're kind of coming to the end of it. And I wonder if you, Katie, have ever struggled with contentment in your life. Um, and how and, and how did you combat this? Like, this is a sin, discontentment. And how did you combat it? It is. It's a sin that is probably 
way up there as you know yeah. most prevalent yeah. that one in pride <laughs> yeah. the top two. i mean it, it's way yeah. high up there if we were gonna you know try to categorize um like we already said though i think it goes back to being thankful mm-hmm. um being thankful is the the biggest opposite if you can yeah. say it that way of being discontent um it's so easy for us to dwell on ourselves and what we're missing out on and um and ignoring all the blessings that God yeah. has given us. You know, when I look at um, the particular issues, since we're focused this morning on um, on uh, the special needs, you know, when I look at Aoife and talking about Aoife and being content with her, um, the, easy, the, the biggest thing for me, I suppose, is that Aoife is content. Hmm. She is joyful right where she is. She does not feel like she is missing out on anything anywhere and she will tell you today that everybody loves her yeah she knows everybody loves her she is so happy in that and Aoife loves Jesus she does not have a doubt in her mind that Jesus loves her um there is so much that I can learn from her you know and I go how can I how can I be discontent with a child who is always going to have childlike faith. Um, you know, Jonathan has often said that she's the best of us. And he's not wrong. Mm. She she is the meek that is going to inherit the earth. Mm. And we have so much to learn from her and her childlike faith. Mm. I love that. That is such a great reminder to us of just even in what you said about flipping our discontentment into thankfulness because that's actually what you did again Katie that's really cool like being thankful for who she is and how God made her and created her and she's fearfully and wonderfully yes, made too she is she's she's not the anomaly yeah you right. know she may have that extra chromosome but that was but God's that's not the anomaly God, God's yes plan. yep yeah Okay, so have you ever um, sat or thought or dealt with comparison, like comparing her to other kids, even kids in your family, kids at school, kids at church? Uh, short answer is no. <laughs> um, how can I don't know? I don't know how you can compare children. Children are different. One child from the next child is just different, and um, I don't know if that's a, a, if it's a, a lack in me or a blessing that God has given me that I don't even know where to begin to compare. They're just different. <laughs> yeah. And how do you compare different things? How do you yeah. compare celery with apples? Yeah. I don't know. They're just different. Yeah. I you like don't. them both. Yeah. Peanut butter. <laughs> but they're not the same. Both of them. <laughs> None of mine. Okay. <laughs> okay, but that's interesting because. Really, when we compare things, like especially children, it really breeds discontentment. It does. Which goes back to your last question. <laughs> it does, and and yeah. So we it, it puts points us back to being thankful for the ways that our children are different. I am glad that my thirteen children are not the same as each other. Ooh, that would yeah. I mean, ha- I think the same thing about my six. If yeah, they all were the same. Yeah, there are there are days where I wish this one was not like this. Yeah, and I pray <laughs> that this one doesn't continue like this. But if they were all. If they were all the same, I can't even imagine how boring that would be and how uninteresting. And seems to me that there's would be a a lack of joy in that because there's nothing. nothing There's nothing exciting. Nothing new. Nothing fun. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Okay, what about thankfulness? What are some of the greatest joys of Aoife or having her in your life? Sure. Um, I have to I have to tell you that the first thing when we talk about uh, the greatest joys um, is what you've mentioned before about uh, watching Aoife on a Sunday morning. Oh, yes. She, um, she worships the God that she loves with her whole body. Uh, she holds nothing back. Uh, she is giving everything that she has. Uh, her worship just utterly puts me to shame. Mm. She doesn't worry about what anyone thinks. Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't care. It doesn't yeah. matter. She is worship, worshiping God, and she is so absorbed in that that nothing else matters she doesn't even see anybody else Mm. her hands are raised and she is singing as loud as she can trying to compete with the band (laughs) and she is all in yeah and there is no holding back i love that it is it is amazing okay you mentioned schooling a little bit ago i know ifa goes to school and uh, a few maybe a year or two ago three years ago yeah you, you sent some of your kids to school um how did you actually so you actually homeschooled Aoife for yes. quite a while so how did you actually homeschool her and what were your goals and what really brought you to send your kids to school sure um well homeschooling Aoife was basically the same as homeschooling all the rest of the kids uh I don't aim real big <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking for you know master's degrees right when I'm when I'm working with the kids um so her her first big goal was learn to read oh yeah that's uh, an important one because it basically it's is the huge. foundation once, for everything else. Once you know how to read, you can do other yeah. things, but you got to learn how to read first. Um, she was reading before she was seven years old, uh, which wow. to me was amazing. Wow. I wasn't expecting her to learn okay. to read. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you said her, well, typically with a Down syndrome child, their age is half. Their That's what they say. Their capacity is half. So that would mean she was reading at like a three and a half. At like three and a half. Yes. That is pretty impressive. Yeah. Praise God. She... I was trying to teach her little sister how to read while when Aoife picked it up. Wow. So she she was learning it um, as fast as her mm-hmm. little sister was. She is amazing at sight words. She okay. can memorize like nothing. She can see she can see a word and remember it and she's oh. she's so good at that. Um, phonetics is a lot harder for her. She does. She doesn't sound words out well. Yeah. Um. She knows the individual sounds, but it can be hard for her to put them together. But once, if she has to ask you what a word is, once she knows what that word is, she knows what it is, and she doesn't forget it. And there are actually interesting a lot of people who learned by sight word. Yeah. Years ago, that's actually how they taught yeah. kids to read. And, well, and she, I just mean even other words now. Yeah. Big words. She picks up. She's got them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was the big thing as far as, as homeschooling her. Um, when she, I can't remember how old she was or how long ago it was, but, um, we went to, uh, a funeral, um, for a girl that we know, um, and, uh, her uncle was there and she introduced Jonathan to, um, this 20 year old young lady. Um, this, this uncle also had a daughter who was about a year older than Aoife who has Down syndrome. Okay. Um, and this young lady also had Down syndrome. And um, the uncle uh, told Jonathan that this, um, this young lady who was 20, that she had just finished reading through the Bible. And as soon as we heard that, that was what we wanted for Aoife. Oh. We knew that that, that that was what mattered. Yeah. We wanted Aoife to be able to read her Bible. 
And she, I think this this may have been before she was reading or shortly after. I don't I just don't remember the time frame. But that was what we wanted. Our right. goal for her was to be able to read the Bible. That's my goal for my kids. Not to be yeah. that they do it, that they read yeah. every day. And I'll tell you, she is horrible at math. You ask <laughs> she her and I are the same in you math. ask her to today what, you know, two plus four is, and she will have to count it out on her fingers. Yeah. But she reads God's word mm-hmm. and she does it every day. She loves it. Um she she actually not exaggerating. I tend to exaggerate. I'm an exaggerator. Um, but she, in reality, probably spends two hours every day reading wow. her Bible and writing out Bible verses. Wow. And she she loves it. That's her that's her passion. That is what she wants to do. Wow. Every that's- day. I don't tell her to do that. I have to tell my other kids and remind them, hey, have you Right. It would be a good idea for you to go spend a little time in prayer and Bible <laughs> right, reading. Let me give you a few passages <laughs> right. to meditate on. Exactly. Not her. She does yeah. not. She doesn't need that from me. Well, I love that goal that she would read through the Bible all the way. And I love that she has a passion to do that. And that is just in her, what God gave her. And she, she has made up her own Bible reading plan. Oh. And she knows what it is. She wrote it on her calendar. And she goes through it and she, she does it. And she can tell you, well, yesterday I had judges and, you know, and, right. and she reads it all. So she's c- comprehending it she, too. I, I, you know, there are, there are things that she understands. Obviously there are things that she does not. Yeah. But she doesn't care. It yeah. doesn't bother her that she doesn't yeah. understand it. And I know that God is blessing her yep. and me and all of the rest of us yep. by her devotion to him. Yeah. So why did you decide to send Aoife to school? And were you ever fearful that she would be bullied or picked on by other kids as you sent her? All right. Well, we sent her um, when we, we realized that in my busyness with the younger kids, because, you know, at this at this point, I have a lot younger than her, too. Yeah. You know, she's only number five in, in, the, in the line of 13. Um, so in my busyness with with all the younger kids and trying to teach them how to read, and I have um, at least one of those that has dyslexia and struggling, um, and you know children in diapers and all yep. of those things yep. that I we had reached that point where I was holding her back. Um, I was getting in her way of progressing and moving forward, and we knew um, in our local school here that there were people. Um, that that could help her at yeah. that point more than I could, and that they loved to help her. Yeah. Um, and were happy to help. They were so excited when I reached out, um, to to them, uh, with the 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 possibility of her coming. They were very excited about it, mm-hmm. and they made her feel welcome and me feel welcome. Um, when it talk about being fearful, I don't think so. I can't remember us being fearful. Uh, we of course knew that she might have problems you know there are mean people out there there are mean people all over the world yeah um we knew you know that that might be an issue but we also know that god holds her in the palm of his hand um he cares for her better than jonathan or i could if we were standing next to her all day long um and he has uh she has had very few problems at school there of course are there are times on the bus you know, that um, the other kids will say that someone was saying derogatory things to her. Mm. But God also protects her in sometimes she doesn't recognize those. 
Right. And that is a protection. Mm -hmm. That's a protection for her because she's not offended. She's not worrying about what people are saying or thinking about her because sometimes she just doesn't understand it. And as funny as it sounds, that is a protection for her because she's not worrying about it. This past Sunday at church, um, our pa- one of our pastors um, shared a sermon out of Psalm 121. And I think it's really fitting to read it because I think this really is a great passage to meditate on. If you do have a child who is, if this is true for any child, going into a, <laughs> any school, anywhere, or going to the local park to play with other kids, I love this passage and have actually, I just wrote it out again on a card to stick above my sink. It says, I lift, oh, this is Psalm 121, and it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills, From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And this could turn into a prayer. I could see me praying, you know, the Lord will keep, and you could put a child's name in, Aoife, (laughs) um, going out and her coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I I just think it's good to remember that that God goes with our kids to school. And we both have kids in in public school and, you know, and we have kids out of the house, moved out. I mean, this is what God does. Like, he goes with them, which is such an encouragement to me. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's part of our job is to raise them to leave us. Yes. And that sometimes it sometimes they don't leave and go as far as they do other times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but but that's that's the goal. Yep. Anyway. Yep. And it, it is. It's important for us to remember that he he goes with them and before them and behind them. Yeah. And it's not under our control. And I also love the part that we can pray without ceasing. So when our kids are out in the world or out doing things or in the backyard, whatever, right. <laughs> we can pray. And God hears our prayers. And I love that, that I don't have to worry, I can pray. Now, I'm not saying I don't worry sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's the truth. But <laughs> Because we all, we all sin. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, so what about, though, eternity? Because this is the question that I think a lot of people want to know. How do you reconcile eternity with a special needs, and I'm still putting air quotes around that, <clears throat> with maybe limited understanding, I mean, do all special need kids go to heaven? What do you think? Well, I'm not sure where which side I should start on, but I'll just start with um, your your second question. Okay, okay, <laughs> flip it. That's good. Do all special needs kids go to heaven? No, um, of course not, and neither do all their parents. Uh, Jesus is the only way. Mm-hmm. No matter what our needs are, uh, or how much we have given up, He is the only way. To heaven. Um, How do we reconcile eternity? Uh, There is nowhere in the Bible um, that it said where it says, you know, how much we need to understand to get to heaven. Uh, In fact, Jesus said that that we were supposed to have the faith of a child. Hmm. Um, Faith is believing, not understanding. Um, What we understand or think we understand, I believe often gets in the way of our believing what God has said. Huh. That's interesting. I, I think I, I think it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think that what we, we think we understand holds us back from believing what God has said he will do and what he, God has said is true. Uh, we trust him 
for the salvation of our children. And we believe that he blesses our obedience in their lives. Um, Jesus doesn't need our brains to change our hearts. Hmm. He's got it. I think that's like the quote of this entire episode. (laughs) Jesus doesn't need our brains to change our hearts. But that is actually really helpful to think through. I know that Aoife is going to spend eternity with Jesus. There's not a doubt in my mind. Does she understand fully what that means? No. Right. Do I understand what that means fully? No. It's, it's again, it's a, it's a matter of comparing. And how do you compare that? Aoife yeah. loves Jesus and she believes what he has said. And she believes that she is going to live forever with him. And there is, and she is looking forward to it. Yeah, that's awesome. What She's encouragement. there. <laughs> okay, what does the Bible say about children uh, with special needs? Uh, my gut response when I hear this question is nothing. He doesn't say, <laughs> doesn't use that term. There's nothing in there about it. Um, but that's not true. Okay. Uh, he doesn't, the Bible does not use the term special needs, of course. Um, but what the Bible does say is that we were all knit together in our mother's wombs. That before we were known, that before we were born, God knew us. Uh, it says that men that were, that were blind were made that way for God's glory to be displayed. Hmm. Uh, every example that I can think of in the Bible of blind or deaf, crippled or weak, Jesus always has compassion. He uses uh, the weak and the poor and the foolish to shame the strong and the wealthy and the wise. Mm. Um, So it it does say things about people with special needs. What it says is that we care for them, Um, Mm. that Jesus had compassion on these people and we are to follow in his footsteps and we are to have compassion. Mm. And that is, that is our, both our responsibility and our joy to Mm. serve other people regardless of what their needs are. Yeah. Cause we all have special needs. Yep. (laughs) Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. So just a little side note, when we prepare, um, when I always prepare for an episode, I usually write out questions and I send it to um, my interview, my guest, and let them have a chance to kind of think through the questions and and take notes. And the next one really made me laugh when I read your answer. (laughs) Um, Because I'm giving Katie a question, and she answered, her answer is a one-word, (laughs) three-letter word. Okay, here we go. Here's my question. The Bible says a lot about parenting and children and how to raise them. Do all parenting guidelines in the Bible apply to raising Aoife? And what's your answer? Yes. (laughs) Can you expound a bit? I mean, that's literally where she stopped. So I wasn't sure how to expound on that. Um, Aoife's not an exception. Uh, what the Bible says is true regardless of, uh, regardless of what our children know or understand or think, um, that all of these guidelines that are in there do apply to her. Does it look different in her life? Sure, sometimes. Um, you know, I, which kind of carries on. Um, to uh, a little further on here is that, you know, discipline for um, someone with special needs is going to look a little bit different for the discipline of someone else. But discipline is always specialized to the child or should be. We can't, I cannot discipline um, Ailey 
the same way that I can discipline Brecken. And I mm-hmm. it's always because specialized Ailey's to the child. Ailey's twenty two, Brecken is one. Right. I don't spank Ailey when she smarts off to me. Right. And uh, Brecken doesn't get sent to his room or grounded from his phone right. or kicked out of my house, house or right, whatever. Right. Wow. Um, that would be so harsh if it, you did it, it that would with be. him. He's one. <laughs> you know, some of our kids need hard, frequent spankings for a lot of years. Uh, some of them just need a look to be remorseful or repentant. Um, when Aoife was young, she, off, she probably always got extra chances mm. to obey. And before I was sure that she really understood what I was saying, she, she got extra chances. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a, like, you know, my practice before her was you get one shot. Yep. And make if you don't good, obey, choice. Yeah. that's right. Um, it shifted with her. And I, I, I still think it was appropriate. Um, looking back, sometimes I question it. You know, was that the right thing to do? I do think it was the right thing to do. I think the wrong thing was I carried that on then with my children younger than oh. her. And then they often got these extra, extra chances, chances yes. when they didn't need it. Um, but anyway, it does look different. Um, so, but there were always consequences for her sin. Yeah. Uh, whether it looked the same as the consequences for someone else's sin yeah. or not, she did have consequences. She got spanked or she didn't get to watch movies or she had to spend time sitting by herself, which she hated when she was little. Um, now when she's, you know, almost 16, she gets grounded when yeah. she doesn't want to obey. Um, and that's just the way it goes. You know, every child is different and they require different things at different times. Um I think it's our responsibility as parents to ask God for wisdom and to use the wisdom that he has already given us in the different situations. Okay, that's really helpful for any parent, really. And I also think, I will just add this, like I'm not being interviewed, but I'm going to add this anyway. Go for it. (laughs) I personally, and I think one thing I heard you say is, discipline isn't always exactly the same for every kid. No. And so I have found, and I would say that I have, with six kids, I have varying different levels of disobedience and different different timing. And so I agree, sometimes you can just look at your kid and they're like remorseful yeah. and repentant. And sometimes there is much more that needs to happen. Absolutely. And it takes many more days, you know. Yeah, or so, weeks or years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or years, yes. So I, I love that about that. Do you ever fear for her future? I mean, how can somebody practically in your situation trust God with the future of their of their child I think I can truthfully say that we do not fear for her future um do I know how it's going to play out what it's going to look like no of course not um but I trust that God is going to protect her that he's going to be with her that he is going to use her in the lives of other people you know just just like with all of the kids um we cannot live in fear in fact it's sinful for us to live in fear yeah that we are supposed to trust God to protect our children and to be there for them. And again, that does not exclude uh, someone with special needs. I love how you practically, keep using that word. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> practically have a plan. Yeah. It's good to have a plan. Um, but also remember that God changes our plans for us. Yeah. That these things are not set in stone. Um, you know, it's just, he changed. He changes, <laughs> he changes us yeah. in these situations. But what it looks like is is not 
not going to be necessarily what you plan, but it is good to have an idea about what you yeah. want for the future. Yeah. So you and I both are in the same boat that we have one of our kids married and out of the house. Um, well, you might have more than one child out of the house. Yeah. Well, but um, <laughs> but um, and kids who are these are kids who are completely capable on their own. Um, what is the right thing to do with a, a child in the situation like Aoife when they reach adulthood? Like, for example, growing up, um, a friend of mine, her family had a brother who had, it was actually her uncle, who had Down syndrome, and he lived with them for a long time. He lived with my, like, the sister, my friend's mom, forever. But then at some point, he lived with his parents, too, and his parents were, like, in their 70s, and he was a very big man, and he did not, he was not careful he was so kind he was like this big teddy bear but he was he could easily hurt people and they made a choice to move him to a group home I remember this was completely a foreign concept I was like 15 or 16 and I thought what I don't understand this like it was really hard to understand so give us some suggestions and thought process for what you think Aoife will do as she reaches adulthood well you know everybody's situation is different um and the people in the situations are different. And I think we have to remember that. We can speak in general terms about some of these things, but everybody's situation actually is different. Um, and that's why there's not one solution to this right. question either. Okay. Um, again, we have to use wisdom. Not only ask God for wisdom, but use the wisdom that he's given us. Uh, as parents, we have to make hard, sometimes really hard uh, decisions about our kids. Um, we have to consider uh, where they'll be the happiest, who's going to care for them, uh, how much care they're going to need, how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Is this the right thing or not? Right. There are a lot, uh, a lot of different things. Um, you know, with Efa in particular, our plan, as general as, as it is, is uh, for her traveling, basically her adult years, traveling from one sibling's house to another being the awesomest aunt in the whole world, um, <laughs> staying as long as needed to help them with their families and their houses, do their laundry, help them with their kids uh, until it's time for her to move on to the next one. And the kids, are, you know, our children are on board with that. They, they nice. love the idea of, well, of course, that's where else would she be? Right. Um, so, you know, if we reach that point where Jonathan and I either aren't here anymore or uh, physically can't care for her, that's our plan. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have we don't have the money for a group home of any yeah. kind if we wanted it. That's not that's not a viable option for us. Um, and that's not what we would want for her anyway. Yeah. Um, we want her with her family. Yeah. And if that means, you know, if if the best way for that is her moving from one place to another, I think that is amazing. I think to you know my childhood and how cool it would have been if I had this fun aunt that came and yep. lived and spent, you know, a month or two yep. with us. And then, yep. you know, I, I think it's, um, I think it would be a good thing for everybody involved yeah. to have. I think it's really cool that you have 13 children and that <laughs> that's a lot of visits. <laughs> yeah. That means that she could visit one, every, like each yeah. of them a month, every one a month. And then they just start over. <laughs> I right. mean, like God and his good design plan for you to have 13 at hey. this point well yeah that's right <laughs> who knows huh oh that's awesome and I love that idea of your kids being involved in that I love the idea that I love what you said just about you know this is true for any of us listening anybody listening 
we can make a whole bunch of plans, right? but it's God who leads and directs us. And we've got to be flexible with our future planning. We can't just be like, nope, this is the direction we're doing. This is exactly what we have. We have to trust God, use wisdom, yep. and move forward. I love that. Yeah. I think it's um, important too, now that I'm thinking about this here again, is with with the other kids that, uh, you know, there are times where some of my children have some resentment towards Aoife because everybody loves Aoife and they feel invisible in the crowd or whatever. Mm. Um, And I'm bringing it up because while that's the case, um, at times, my kids don't feel like Aoife is a burden. Mm. The other kids don't, you know, they, half of them, I, I think, let's see, Owen, who is 20 now, I think he was probably 15, almost 15, before he knew there was anything different about Aoife. Oh. <laughs> I, I just don't even think that, I mean, he, she was just a different person. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you asked him, he would, maybe he wasn't quite 15, but he was at least 10 yeah. or 12. Yes. And it I just never even occurred to him. Was... She wasn't a burden. Right. She was just another one of the kids. Yeah. And I say that because not only are um that these children these children with special needs are blessings to their siblings Mm -hmm. and they're teaching their siblings these amazing caregiving traits that they need to have for their whole life they're it's teaching them a compassion that sometimes and i think in large part is lacking in our society yeah. That that it is important to be caring for other people, hmm. and that she's she's not a burden to them, yeah. and so they look to her future well, as a benefit to them. They don't see that as oh, great July is going to be my month, right? That I'm going right. to have to put up with Efa. No, they're like July, she's yes. coming. Yes, yeah. looking looking yeah. towards that. Yeah, I love that. That is a really important – I think probably they don't view her as a burden because you and your husband, Jonathan, have not viewed her as a burden. She hasn't been. Yeah. She hasn't. Well, <laughs> right. I just mean yeah. I don't even know how to think of it in yes. that term. There are hard times. Yeah. And there, oh, there always yeah. are. Um, but she she hasn't been a, a burden. She just, she just hasn't been. I understand, again, my situation is not the same as others, and there are um, aspects of mine – uh, and Aoife that have been very easy yeah. compared to um, the lives that some people have but she hasn't been a burden in our house yeah. and we have never looked at her that way and I think it's true that the kids don't look at her that way because yeah. why would they that's not yeah. what their mom and dad taught them yeah okay so um what what would be the best ways I, I think about how you are actively involved in this church with 600 people and there are people all around you, and you've had good friends, and people who are, I mean, you said Aoife knows everybody at church, which yeah. I think that is really true. <laughs> I think My so. husband just said to me the other day, he goes, you know who came up and talked to me was Aoife. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm talking to her, her mom this week, you know. So she like goes up and just chit-chats with anybody. Um, She's been practicing having conversations this week. Oh. We've had some uh, some of the men 
uh, at uh, at church that work with Jonathan, and she was practicing having conversations oh, with cool. them at our house. <laughs> okay, well, she practiced with my husband too, so that's good. Okay, but is you know, um, what has been the best ways that people have helped you through this? And I'm going to put air quotes here. I'm into air quotes today. Hey. around this this trial. Okay, sure. Because really, we've already discussed that it's actually a surprising joy. It's actually a blessing. Right. But how have people helped you? And I really am looking for practical things because I'm thinking that I'm sitting here and I don't have this the same exact situation, but I it's good for us to think about how can we help and serve anybody with a situation that's different than ours. I would say uh, on just a real practical level is, you know, love our children. Uh, join us in the loving of our children. You know, talk to them. You know, if your husband talked to my daughter, she loves that. Mm-hmm. That is a blessing to her. You know, listen to what they say. Mm-hmm. It it matters. Even if you don't understand what they're saying, you know, try. Put yeah. yourself out there. Put some effort into yeah. it. Um, there's blessing in it for the children and there's blessing in it for uh, the people that are that are working, sometimes hard, to understand or have that conversation. Um, you know, invest yourself in them. There have been, you know, people who have uh, offered to to pick Aoife up and spend the day with her. And she never forgets a kindness like that. Um, Her greatest memories are of times when somebody went out of their way to spend time with her. Hmm. She, um, some, uh, some friends picked her up one day and took her over to their house for a tea party. Mm -hmm. And she talks about it all the time. And that was probably four years ago. Yeah. But she talks about it. it means so much to her and, you know, people with special needs to matter to somebody, yeah. to be important yeah. to other people. You know, generally speaking, their lives are pretty centered in their homes. Yeah. I think that's pretty common. Um, but when you reach in there and, and pull them out of that, that is so important to them, even when it makes you uncomfortable. Hmm. You know, you can be uncomfortable around someone that has Down syndrome just because you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, but you can get used to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and putting um, effort into that, into just that conversation, helps you be less uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, well, they sh- that child isn't always feeling that uncomfortableness anyway. And they are appreciating what you're doing. And I can assure you that their parents are appreciating. Yeah any and all those efforts that you put into investing yourself in them. What you just said about your conversation with like Aoife is interesting because that's really true for any conversation. Like oftentimes we have conversation with someone and we are, it feels awkward and we don't really know them and we don't know anything about them and we just have to keep pushing. And we do have good relationships when we begin to push and keep going. I love that. That's good. Okay. You know, you shared how you didn't know about that Aoife had Down syndrome when you had her. So there could be women who are pregnant right now, and I don't want to put fear into their brain of some sort, but it, it Hopefully happens. this conversation Actually has not been not. instilling right. any fear. I hope it's a, that it's a blessing. But um, what would be the best advice you would give to someone who is facing this new challenge in their life? Maybe they have a child with a disability of some sort. Maybe it's a physical disability. Maybe it's a genetic disorder, a mental issue. What, what advice would you give them? Well, I have to start with um, a story Jonathan was telling me a couple weeks ago. He was telling me about, um, here, I don't, I certainly don't believe in evolution. 
Okay. So I'll, I'll preface I it with that. I agree with you with that. I'll, I'll preface it with that. But he was telling me about um, an interview that he heard between someone and some anthropologist. Okay. Uh, and the person that was doing the interview asked the anthropologist, you know, how did you know when, how do you recognize when we stopped being monkeys and started being people? Oh, okay. That's a good question. Actually, it, is it, it actually is an interesting question. And the anthropologist said, oh, that's easy. We could tell when it happened because we started seeing signs of set bones. Okay. In these dead people. Right, right. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Um, that this, the sign of when we became people, according to, again, this anthropologist, was when people started caring for each other. Mm. Not abandoning the weak, not walking away from them, but when they cared for them long enough for broken bones to set. Wow. For broken legs to heal. That's when we became people. Oh, that's interesting. According to this anthropologist. Now, again, I don't believe everything that he said. Yeah. But when you can look at someone who believes that the world happened by chance, yeah. saying that we became people when we started caring for each other, yeah. I, think, um, I think that's interesting. Yeah. And so I I appreciated his story as I was thinking about this um, because we, because this is all about caring. Yeah. This is for caring for our children. And, you know, if you have, um, you know, a, a baby that was just born that has some sort of disability, it is... Of course, again, we keep saying, you know, your job to care for this child. Regardless. But it, it is your blessing also yeah. that, you know, we had um, the doctor when Aoife was born um, that we took her to. Uh, he told me, you know, as I was trying to sort out what, you know, what do I do here? I've got four little kids yeah. and I have this child that has Down syndrome. I've hardly even thought about Down syndrome my yeah. whole life. Yeah. I don't know anything. Um, he told me that what she needed was food and for me to love her. Hmm. And he said, nothing else matters. All the rest of it is going to work itself out. You're going to figure it out. You just need to give her food, and you need to love her. Hmm. Wow. And it sounds so simple and so basic, but he was right. Yeah. Um, that, that I don't need to worry. I don't have to, um, I don't have to be an expert. Yeah. That this, I didn't need to know everything about Down syndrome within a week of her being born. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm not an expert now. I had to look up what Down syndrome was to give it a you quote on it. You know, we my family, <laughs> my family's not a Down syndrome family. You know, yeah. I don't wear it on my sleeve like this is, um, you know, this this badge that I'm wearing. This isn't, that's not the center of my life. Right. You know, I don't serve Down syndrome. Do I have a problem with uh, walking in a Down syndrome march and, no, right, you know, right. wearing a T-shirt and all that? Of course not. But I don't serve that. I don't yeah. serve Down syndrome. You know, we are to serve God. Mm. Um, you know, this child of yours, you know, um, whether you know exactly everything to do or not, this child was not an accident. Mm. You know, God knit that to got child together, not just in general, but knit that child for you mm. and for your family. You know, rejoice in this. Um, you know, we have to give thanks because God is good. He's not good except for this one thing. 
Right. And when, you know, when these things happen in our lives, when God gives us these things that we are not looking for or looking to, you know, it is going to change you. But it's for your good that it changes you. Mm-hmm. And it changes the people around you. But again, it's for their good. You know, we don't have um, a child with a disability and it bring us down. Um, God uses that in our lives to change us, to sanctify us, yeah. to draw us closer to him. You know, um, you know, you need to let your child, don't hide them away, you know, but let that child be a blessing to other people. Um, sometimes it's easier to hide them. You know, yeah. it's, sure. it's, it's easy to keep them inside. Yeah. And keep them away from other people because then you don't have to deal with all these other little things. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to take them out because just physically take them out yeah. because you have to have so much extra baggage with you, whether that's a wheelchair right. or it's an oxygen tank or, you know, whatever, a feeding yeah. tube. Sometimes it is physically difficult to do it. Um, but it's still important to share mm-hmm. this child with other people. And, you know, we have to set aside our pride and give thanks for the children that God has given us and and rejoice in the changes that he's going to make. Mm, that theme of giving thanks keeps coming up again. Yeah, it's important. It must be an important <laughs> lesson we have to learn. Okay, um, just a couple more questions, Katie. What is the best advice to a woman who right now is parenting? I mean, I think you've given us a lot of advice. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else for someone who is in the long haul? You know, maybe they have a daughter or son who's 15. Sure. And they're 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 like right in the same spot as you. But what would you say to them? Um, you're not in control of this. The world is not going to fall apart if you screw up. <laughs> um, if you do something wrong, if you forget something, if you uh, maybe go away for a day yeah. and leave that child in the care of someone else, right. it's going to be okay. Yeah. And there are people in your life that will cheerfully do that for you. Mm. Um. You don't have to do everything right. It's going to be okay. Uh, God has given you this gift, this child, whether they are one month old or they are 30 years old. He's given you this gift because he loves you. Mm. Uh, It is true that you're going to get weary sometimes. We all get weary of the, the days and the times and the situations we're in sometimes. And some of us are giving a lot more than others. Yeah. And that can really take a toll on you physically, mentally, all of that. Um, we all get tired. Uh, Paul, in um, Romans 15, he refers to God as the God of endurance and encouragement. Hmm. And I never saw that until this year. Hmm. Uh, we did a study in Romans, and that stood out to me as being such a huge thing, um, that he's the God of endurance and encouragement. You know, look to him. Look to him and give thanks in the easy times and the hard times. Um, you know, our our hope has to be in him. It's not in uh, a a an answer to whatever the problem is. It's not, you know, it's not a vaccine. It's not a, a cure of any kind. That's not where our hopes lie. Mm-hmm. Our hope needs to be in Jesus and we have to give thanks yeah. over and over again. We need to give thanks in these. And the more that we give thanks, the easier um, these trials become. Yeah. The, the less we're looking to ourselves and the more that we are looking to God 
who loves us and is in control of these situations and and it it's it's I can't emphasize enough how important it is for us to give thanks. Sometimes we start really small with these giving thanks. You know, yeah. sometimes it's thanks that I woke up this morning. Right. Um, and we build right. on them. You know, yeah. there are there are times where it's really hard to be thankful mm-hmm. and you have to very deliberately look for look that I got a matching pair of shoes on today right. that be right. thankful for it, you know. Right. Um, and we build on those. And the yeah. more thankful we are, the more that thankfulness grows in our hearts and the more that we can both share that with others yeah. and the more we're honoring God. Yeah. It's um we've used the analogy that um giving thanks is like riding a bike. You know, you're the first few times you go out, you try, you kind of push the pedal a little bit. You maybe go around a couple times and you fall. And, you know, you keep getting a little bit better at it. The more you try, the more you push. Pretty soon you can do this, ride your bike. I mean, you can ride your bike anywhere. And you don't think about pedaling and balance. And then you can do it without the handlebars, you know. It just has to become that way of life. Yes, giving thanks. That's exactly it. It's a way of life. And it starts with the little things growing into being thankful for all things. Yeah. And not just being thankful like the world says, you know, be grateful. It's being grateful to God, yep. too, which we have to point out. It's not just a – and I mean, it's good to be thankful to the, the clerk at the store. But of course. But it has to be God. Of course. Yep. Okay, Katie, one of the things I always ask someone at the end of an episode is, like, what resources have helped you that you could share that someone might want to go grab at Amazon or go pick up at their local store? Sure. Um and I love your answer to this Yeah, one too. well, this and my answer that I wrote down to this question um, is I don't have any, <laughs> which uh, I, I don't know how to answer it in a lot of ways, except that, um, you know, through this whole talk, what we, we've talked about is looking to God. And the way that we look to God is through his word. Mm-hmm. And going back to that, were there, you know, there were some, some books way back when, um, when she was, Aoife was really young, that I used to learn some tricks to help her with her muscle control and things like that. I don't even know if they make these books anymore. I don't know if they relate to a lot of people. Um, But the Bible relates to all of us. And what God has said is true no matter what. It doesn't matter what the year is. It doesn't matter if um, it's under copyright. (laughs) It doesn't matter if it's still in print. It's still true and it's still relevant. Um, and it's still still the biggest thing. Um, so, of course, there are books out there that you can find to help with fine motor skills or gross motor skills yeah. or teaching people to read. Most of the time, I never got through a whole book. Yeah, I would see a couple things um, and I would take those couple things and I would do those. Yeah. Because I, I knew I couldn't know it all. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't. I had, I had four small children plus you know, this newborn baby. Yeah. Um, I could not physically spend the time researching and becoming an expert. It yeah. just, it could not it's have not happened possible. in my life. When you have, you know, four children in diapers, you yeah. don't have time to do that. It's just not mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Um, not to say that there are, it's not important to try to learn some things because, but it's because that those things help you and you need to learn where to stop with those and not just to do it so that you know everything and can teach everybody everything right but that the goal is to help your child yeah and to help your family um you know be thankful and uh operate on a day-to-day yeah 
uh, basis. Yeah, and I think one other thing that we've talked about throughout, you've talked about, I didn't say this. Yeah, well, I've been saying a lot. It's all right. I like that. <laughs> this is what the what the podcast is for, for people to talk. But um, is you talked a lot about the church and the church body. And I, I just want to emphasize how valuable that is also. Because if you are not in a church body, if you do not have that relationship, it is a little bit isolating. And yes. you may have relationships with people in the world, and those are good too. I mean, your kids are going to have friends at school. But the church is where, you know, our job is to care for each other. It's right. where we set the bones, right? It's yes. where we, we help each other. And this is where the church can come in and being willing to accept help, being willing to come along, gosh, I don't know, like letting people bring you meals now and then or letting your people talk with your kid, taking them for a tea party. I mean, these are all resources that are readily available and that God designed for us to be a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. That community um, can be immensely helpful because sometimes you do feel isolated yeah sometimes you do feel like well this is just this is just this thing that god gave me and my family that we need to take care of right yeah um but don't don't be that way it's it's selfish and um because you're keeping the blessing from other people yeah which sometimes it's hard for us to look at it that way I mean, I'll be real sometimes it's sometimes it feels like a burden some days it feels like a trial um but it's not, and yeah. we need to remember that. And we are, um, when we are isolating ourselves or not being a part of a community, um, we are being selfish and we're keeping yeah. that to ourselves. And almost always, probably always, there is pride involved where we're a little bit afraid. Who knows what that kid might gonna, is going to yes. say to somebody. They don't have a filter. You know, what are they going to tell them yeah. about our family and how we do things? And, you know, yeah. so we live in this this fear of of how our children are going to, to act sometimes when they're not around us and we're not controlling the situation. But it's, we're not in control of the situation yeah. anyway. That's and right. share share those blessings. It's, yeah. it's, it's important for, for us, for our children and for the church body in general. That's awesome. Um, it has been really, really great to have you on to, today, Katie. I appreciate your time Thank you. and effort. Um, it's really been fun to learn about Aoife, your daughter, and get a little different perspective, um, about your situation in your life. And I'm glad we entitled this a surprising joy and not uh, the title of how to deal with special needs kids <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because um, I think it's a joy and I feel encouraged and I also feel challenged after listening to you like I think we need to be more thankful people I think I we need do. to be let's just say it the right way I think we do. I need to be more thankful um, and maybe there's a person out there right now who has a family member or a child of their own who is blessed in the same sort of way and I hope they were encouraged by today yes hey let's pray all right. Heavenly Father, I do come before you and thank you um, for Katie and Jonathan and their massive number of children. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you've blessed them in so many ways in this. And I thank you for Aoife, who lands pretty much in the middle. And I thank you for her sweet disposition, her love for you, and her, the ways that this you know, young girl has taught so many of us things about who you are and about faith and trusting in you. And I pray that you would be with Aoife all of her life and lead and guide her and I pray that she would continue to be the blessing to all those around her. Lord, I pray also for women who are listening today who are struggling through this. Lord, it's brand new to them. It's something they have not thought about. Maybe they are holding an infant in their arms right now who has some issue that they have not even prepared for 
And I pray that you would be with those women and you would encourage them and strengthen them and you would give them the ability to trust you. Lord, that you and your graciousness to them would help them see this um, challenge as a true blessing and as a surprising joy. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks everybody for listening today. Uh, Join us next week as we jump back into our year-long series called Feminology. We are going to be continuing to talk about woman, about being a woman. I said that funny. About being a woman and what that looks like and what does the Bible say. We're going to be talking about softness. Um, How does this play out in a woman's life? Can she be soft to her husband? Should she be? Uh, How about to her children, her neighbors? I always thought softness was a bad thing. I thought it was weak, but it is it? And can she be even soft to her coworkers and her boss? And what does that look like? We are going to still be talking about it with my friend Cheryl Bailey, and I know you will not want to miss that. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.